the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K, presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K radio on Twitter. And of course, at MileHighSports.com, where you can find all kinds of great work over there written by uh, some of our many great writers, lots of Broncos content. And of course, this daily podcast where today on the podcast, I am joined by Les Shapiro. Uh, Les, you've been covering the Denver Broncos for a real long time. 34 years. Yes. Of course, you uh, on Afternoon Drive with uh, uh, Eric Goodman, uh, Les Shapiro, four to six. Mile High Sports Radio, and of course you could stream that at MileHighSportsRadio.com. Les, where can they find you on Twitter? At Les Shapiro, L-E-S-S-H-A-P-I-R-O. And you are on the podcast today to talk a little bit about Vance Joseph and um, the loss on Monday night. What does it mean for Vance Joseph? What could Vance Joseph do to uh, begin a turnaround maybe, or or are we so far down the rabbit hole that uh, essentially the writing is in the wall. So that's going to be the topic on the podcast. But first, our friends at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. Be sure to go check out Tap 14, the 70 Colorado beers on tap, the 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fare is just tremendous. I always recommend the nachos, the candied bacon. Be sure to go check that out. Tap 14 on the web. Uh, Be sure to spell out 14 for me. Tap 14 on the web. Tap 14 dot com. Uh, we had an interesting conversation on Monday night uh, in the press box uh, towards the end of the game and what this loss means for Vance Joseph because there was a lot of talk going into the game about what happens if the Broncos look unprepared and they get absolutely throttled uh, moving forward for Vance Joseph. Now that we've seen the result of the game, what does it mean for Vance Joseph? Well, they actually looked fairly well prepared. They played a heck of a game for about three and a half quarters. And then it went downhill, of course. Um, But this game in and of itself wasn't going to determine whether Vance Joseph stays or goes. The only thing that will determine that is if they continue losing or they start winning. It's really that simple. Historically, this organization doesn't have a lot of patience with losing. I've been here 34 years. I've never seen back-to-back losing seasons, ever. Not since Pat Bowen has been the owner here. They just don't tolerate that well. And all you have to do is look back at history. When Wade Phillips was the coach here, the head coach, in 93 and 94, uh, the team was undisciplined, and it was around a 500 team. They didn't play well. They got rid of Wade in the second year of a three-year contract. When Josh McDaniels was here in 09 and 2010, things didn't go very well. They didn't tolerate it. And then you had the whole tape gate thing Mm -hmm. uh, against the 49ers in London and Josh buried himself with that move. So this team won't have this organization, John Elway, Joe Ellis, who have also been here for a long, long time, will not have patience with losing, will not have patience with an ill-prepared team. Uh, How close does this remind you to that situation where you talked about in the early 90s with Wade Phillips? Is this far drastically worse? Uh, uh, As far as obviously the success-wise, statistically, it is not. But more so inside the building and and some of the -the off-the-field things. I think it's about the same. And, And the reason I say that is there seems to be a lack of leadership, a lack of presence. You know, as good as Wade is as a defensive coordinator, as a head coach, he lacked presence. Mm. He would roam the sideline and have a deer-in-the-headlights type look. Um, And that's what's going on now. 
with the Broncos. You hear it from a lot of people on the street. He just doesn't look like he's got control of the game or control of his players. Um, he, he's not showing a presence. He's not showing great leadership. Uh, the culture isn't great. He's got coaches that have gone rogue on him in the last year and a half. That's not good. And um, I don't think the Broncos, and certainly John Elway, will put up with that for very long. Hey, look, in the offseason, we know for a fact, I know for a fact, John Elway offered the job to at least one other individual. Mm. And John Elway in a news conference, this was very odd, by the way, with Vance Joseph sitting next to him, said, in the offseason, we looked for an alternative, and we felt we couldn't find one better than Vance right now, so we stayed with Vance. Basically, putting the coach on notice that we're looking for somebody to replace you. Do you think Vance has taken a next step, at least in in some sort of way? Because I would like to think that that guys deserve second chances to improve, and and whether that be a head coach, a player, whatever the case. And and John Elway always talked about previously last year that Vance was drinking through a fire hose, that it was coming at him so quickly. Well, yeah, they, so they, they much of it. didn't put him in a great position to win. It, exactly. Yeah, bad quarterbacking. Um, John Elway named. The assistant coaching staff, it wasn't Vance Joseph's coaching staff. They weren't his choice. Uh, this offseason, Vance had more of a say in who his assistant coaches would be. And for that reason, I think you're seeing assistant coaches who have more loyalty to Vance mm -hmm. and are more willing to listen to Vance. And the one thing Vance talked about in the offseason that he needed to do better was coach his coaches. And frankly, honestly, I, I think he's done a better job of it. But, but... There still seems to be a lack of leadership at the top, and that's Vance. And I do want to get to that coaching the coaches a little bit later in the uh, podcast, but certainly uh, t talking about has he taken any sort of improvement from year one to year two in your eyes? I mean, does he look the same yeah. like he's drinking through the fire hose, or do you think there is some sort of improvement down there? No, Valley? seems a little stronger, seems a little more poised, seems to be a little more in control, seems to have a better handle on coaching his coaches. And look, in the NFL these days, the head coach doesn't really coach the players all that much. He coaches his coaching staff. Mm -hmm. It's like in business. A good manager manages his managers. And those people manage the people in the trenches. Sure. Same thing in football. So, yeah, I think Vance is doing a little bit better with that, but he still at times feels like he's in over his head. Where do you think he is right now with the locker room? With the players, because I know a couple of weeks ago, obviously we you had the conversation and the, and right. the uh, comments from Chris Harris Jr. that were uh, maybe more towards the coordinator side. Yeah, of things, I think he was calling that, out Joe Woods but, more than. But Vance that is Joseph. an underlying umbrella under Vance Joseph. Well, and here's the other thing: absolutely, what is Vance Joseph's expertise? It's defense. So if Chris Harris Jr. is calling out Joe Woods for the defensive scheme they're playing, Vance Joseph should know that he needs to go. He needs to go to Joe Woods and say, "Hey." We need to change things up. I think they did that a little bit against the Chiefs, mm -hmm. but I think it needs to be done more. So in relation to, with players, I mean, do you think that uh, obviously it's brought up a lot, a coach well, I, I, loses listen, the locker listen, room? I know that there are players in that locker room last year and this year who feel that Vance Joseph is in over his head. Not, it might be a small number. And you know what? When you've got 53 guys on a roster, you're probably always going to have some guys that don't like the head sure. coach or in baseball, they don't like the manager. But it's apparent to me that there is not a lot of confidence in Vance Joseph inside the locker room or upstairs on the second floor where all the executives sit. 
It's the Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, our daily podcast at milehighsports.com. Be sure to check it out, milehighsports.com. And uh, you can find less 4 to 6 on Mile High Sports Radio, AM 1340, FM 104.7, streaming live. And, of course, you can watch the show as well, too, at milehighsports.com. And then you can follow him uh, at Les Shapiro. Can I plug the TV show on Sunday nights as well? Oh, yes, you can, Les. Fox 31, Sunday (laughs) nights, the Sunday Sports Zone. Been doing that for seven years. Me, Nick Griffith, Bruce Hartle. Uh, We're on every Sunday night at 1030. Is Thank that you, it? Ro- Thank you, Ronnie. Is that okay? Sure. Very good. And, and I'll of slip course, you that five dollars after the there show. There you go. Right. Of course, our friends over there at Tap Fourteen as well. Be sure to check them out. And our new friends of the program, Pro Football Focus. Be sure to get twenty percent off your subscription to Pro Football Focus Pod Twenty. Use that promo code Pod Twenty for twenty percent off your Pro Football Focus a, uh, Elite or Edge memberships. I prefer the Elite, but if you want to just grab one of those Edge memberships, a lot of good stuff in there. Um, coaching the coaches. Let's get back to this a little bit more. Do you think there has been a little bit of an improvement in this? Because it seems like he's a little bit more of the um, coming down on his coordinators a little bit more for some of the uh, inconsistencies or lack of of play from the the units that they're coaching. Um, and, And I do see there being some qualities there. But I also do look at a bottom line where there are still many questions in regards to uh, certain play calling, both on offense and defense. Um, and obviously that roots back to Vance. Yeah. Um, look, last year was ugly in this regard. Um, again, John Elway really was the one who named all the assistant coaches. He brought in Mike McCoy as his offensive coordinator because Vance Joseph was a rookie head coach and didn't have any experience on the offensive side of the ball, at least not in the NFL. So Mike McCoy, a veteran coordinator and a former head coach in this league with San Diego, comes in, and Mike McCoy basically went rogue on Vance Joseph. He acted like the head coach. Didn't you mm-hmm. get that impression? I got a little bit I mean, of that. On, on yes. Thursdays when the coordinators talked to us in the media, he'd get up on that podium, and he had the presence um, and the strength of a head coach, really. Um, and I believe he didn't have a lot of respect for Vance Joseph. And during the season, he went a bit rogue on Vance, and, and ran game plans that he came up with without approval of the head coach. And, and it almost felt like, because Vance's specialty is defense, maybe Mike McCoy, in his best heart, thought, oh, I, I'm the offensive guy. I'll take over the offense. Well, I also and I'll think just my- let everybody uh, do their thing on defense and just let it do it himself. Yeah, the problem is, is that he, that's not how it works in the NFL. Well, plus I think McCoy had his own agenda. Sure. McCoy wanted to be a head coach again. Sure. So if he, if, if he um, gives out that aura... If he shows that this is his offense and he's putting his Stands stamp on it, teams. right, right, then other teams might take notice and say, well, you know, maybe he didn't have all the best luck in, in San Diego course. with the Chargers, um, but boy, he looks like a head coach now. I think we can hire him. Because, of course, there were the reports last year of him installing plays that weren't actually practiced. And, right. I mean, of course, that's obviously under you know, the umbrella of Vance Joseph altogether, but still uh, a whole nother problem for a whole nother day that uh, we'll discuss. Yeah, so, uh, I, so I think Vance was not intimidated, but but kind of gave way to Mike McCoy because of Mike's experience last year. And I think Vance was also intimidated by John Elway. I mean, do you think he still is? Uh, somewhat, yes. Look, it's his boss. Yeah. But, but it just feels like he's intimidated by him. The whole quarterback situation, he let John call the shots in that situation. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast. Of course, be sure to check out all the previous archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast at milehighsports.com. Is there anything, because if you go to Twitter, 
and Twitter's a complete wasteland for sports opinions, but it seems like everybody's mind is made up on Vance Joseph, that the writing is on the wall. Is there anything that Vance Joseph could do to change that? I mean, what's the first yeah, step Yeah, run off towards- a string of wins, period. Just that's wins, it. Just period, win. end it's of win. story. That's what it's about in this league. It, he said it last week. It's a performance-based league. You either win or you get fired. And a lot of times, even if you win, you get fired in this league. So he's got to string together a bunch of wins. I'll tell you that this game in New York, if he doesn't get a win against the Jets this coming Sunday, John Elway will probably have made up his mind by that. Well, and I was going to ask you that because I was curious to know where you think, because you have a real good pulse of what's going on upstairs, kind of like what you were talking about. Are are we super, are, are we closer than many think as far as moving on from Vance Joseph as a head coach in the event where he does not perform? Because making head coaching moves at week five, week six is not a common thing. It's no. more common towards the end of the season, obviously. Are we closer to that than many think? Well, obviously, the, the, the obvious time would be the bye week when you give a new head coach two weeks week to get 10, his team yep. ready. Um, but I believe the Broncos are running out of patience with Vance Joseph very, very quickly. If you were to see him lose two or three more games in a row, and they're all of a sudden, after a 2-0 start, they're 2-5, and five, um, that's before the bye week. The bye week is in what, Correct. week nine? Yes, yeah, week 10, something like that. Week 10, all right. So if that happens, I don't think John Elway and Joe Ellis will have a lot of patience. And keep in mind, they have an ace up their sleeve, and that's Gary Kubiak. He's in the building most weeks. He's at a lot of practices. He helped with the draft. So you've got a guy with head coaching experience. Hell, he's got a Super Bowl ring. Um, standing there on the sideline, ready to take over if necessary. And look, let's face it, uh, Gary really doesn't want to be a head coach or a general manager because he doesn't really want to work that hard right now. He's got plenty of money. He's approaching 60 years old. Um, He doesn't need it anymore, plus his health situation. But if you ask him to take over halfway through a season, and it's a losing season Mm -hmm. where you're probably out of the playoff race, there's no pressure on him. Right. All he's doing is holding things together until John Elway and Joe Ellis go out in the offseason and hire a new head coach. Do you think Gary would be the most likely interim in the event where they wanted to move on from Vance Joseph as opposed to like a Bill Musgrave? Well, I say that with about 95% certainty, and here's why. When they fired Josh McDaniels in 2010, who in the world would have guessed that they'd give the interim job to a running back coach that nobody heard of, Eric Studisville? I was shocked by that. I didn't get that. But evidently, Eric Studisville showed good leadership skills in practice and and in meeting rooms. Um, but Gary is there, you know, so Gary is that fallback position for them if they need for a few games and the rest of the season. Very good. Well, Les, uh, give us a little taste before we end the podcast of afternoon drive four to six. You host it with Eric Goodman right. uh, Monday through Friday on my life sports radio, AM 1340 FM 104.7. And then give us a little bit of taste of the Sunday night sports zone TV or big well, star. You, we got you, you want to taste like at Baskin Robbins when they give you that little scoop on that. Yeah, we want a little sample. When If somebody tunes okay. into the radio show, what are they going to Okay, hear? yeah, because I then I need everybody to actually pay like they do at Baskin Robbins <laughs> okay. for the, the waffle cone with the three scoops of that ice cream. Okay. Well, I don't think they pay for the samples. Well, look, this week. Although the Nuggets and the Avalanche have, have started their seasons, they're already in preseason schedules, mm-hmm. um, it, this is all about the Rockies and Broncos this week. Uh, Broncos with a short week, 
desperate for a win against the New York Jets on Sunday. The Rockies, of course, doing what they're doing. Now, by the time you listen to this podcast, the Rockies' season might be over because we're doing this on Tuesday, and they're playing in Chicago tonight against the Cubs. Mm-hmm. But we'll also continue talking about the Rockies and what they need to do in the offseason if the, if the season this season has ended. So it'll be a lot of Rockies. We'll probably shift over to the Nuggets quite a bit. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll stay, we'll stay with the conventional, okay, with the conventional topics. But I think what Eric and I do better than a lot of shows around town is we dive deep into each team. Sure. We go to the practices. We go to the games. We show up where a lot of others around town don't. Mm. So when we sidle up to the players and we sidle up to the coaches and the managers, they'll tell us stuff they won't tell other people because those other people aren't around. Yeah. So that's what we give you on our show. Very good. And then a Sunday Night Sports one. Give it a quick plug. Sunday night, 1030, Fox 31, me, Nick Griffith, Bruce Hurdle. Big TV stars. Every Sunday night. Very good. Les, uh, thank you for uh, sharing your thoughts. Appreciate it. Thank uh, you, of course, Ronnie. You, you can find him on Twitter, at Les Shapiro, at Mile High Sports, where uh, all kinds of good stuff. And, of course, Afternoon Drive as well, too. You guys have a lot of guests that are also featured at MileHighSports.com, so be sure to go check it out. That's MileHighSports.com for a complete archive of the Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. And, of course, the Broncos Blitz podcast, presented by our friends over there at Tap 141920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field, or you go on over there during brunch for weekends, whether it's college football or pro football. It's great stuff. 10 to 2. Go on, check it out over there at Tap 14 on the web. Spell out the word 14 for me, tap14.com. For a complete archive of the Broncos Blitz podcast, be sure to check it out at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. Yeah.